Okay, everybody, welcome to a new episode of Psych Talks. We've got some agenda here that Silas and I worked on. And just a, a caveat here that this is a uh, podcast for the purpose of educational uh, ideas and discussion and not for actual treatment. If you need any type of uh, professional help, please seek that out. Um, so there's, there's several different topics here that I'm going to cover fairly quickly. And um, I'm going to send Silas the notes that I've taken on this. And this will be uh, placed in the show notes uh, for people to reference the different ideas that I'm talking about. So the first one is, is antidotes. And the Buddhists, uh, especially the Tibetan Buddhists, use this term antidote. Um, and they distinguish between ill will and goodwill. And ill will comprises of greed, hatred, and delusion. Goodwill comprises of the opposite, which is uh, generosity, kindness, and clarity. And so from a, so an example for greed, uh, an attitude of gratitude followed by a generous action would be the antidote. For hatred, an attitude of kindness and compassion would serve as an antidote. For delusion, um, it is not our situation that entirely influences our thoughts, words, and actions. It's our experience and understanding of our situation. It's our relationship to experience, not experience it itself. And this is going to, I'll reiterate this particular concept um, in the equanimity uh, meditation uh, uh, provided by uh, Refuge Recovery, which is a Buddhist-based uh, reco recovery practice. So acceptance is, in, is the next topic, and that involves observing and describing rather than judging the things that we can't change. And that's essentially was uh, created by Marshall Linehan, who's the developer of dialectical behavioral therapy. She she really, she's a, she has a PhD in psychology, and, uh, but then also studied uh, the spiritual uh, practices of Buddhism and Christianity uh, to come up with some of these ideas, which uh, comprises of emotional regulation, uh, interpersonal interaction, and effective uh, action or a thoughtful action. Uh, the next topic is happenstance, which is, uh, it's, it's an attitude of where we are, we keep an open mind. We don't completely make a judgment at the, at the time that we're, we're seeking answers. So what we do is um, you know, maintain open-minded awareness in the moment with the hope or with the, yeah, with the expectation and hope that uh, there, are, there are resources immediately available to us that are connected to our goals and objectives. For example, you know, we, we're looking for a job and we keep an open-minded and willing attitude throughout the day and while taking effective action like searching for jobs and applying for jobs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But more than half the time, 
it's our conversations with people, the unscheduled conversations with other people that result in job referrals. So that's just one quick example of what happenstance uh, can look like. And I would refer you to uh, the work of John Krumholtz at Stanford, who um, researched this particular topic and wrote a series of book, books on this, which Luck is No Accident, Fail Fast are two of his books. But he's, he's, this is backed up with a lot of social, social psychology research. The next one is happiness. Uh, happiness can't be pursued. It ensues by ride, riding on the coattails of our goodwill. So happiness is, is something that is like, is like a side effect. Uh, one more thing to keep in mind is that um, happiness is, is easily overlooked um, because we often mistake happiness with pleasure. We sometimes um, don't realize or don't recognize when happiness is actually uh, apparent. For example, uh, studies have shown that even saying help, uh, good morning to your, your barista in the morning is, um, can trigger a sense of happiness. And, and you may not even be aware of it if you're not paying attention. But this, I mean, this enhances well-being. Um, next one is, so self-care in addition to uh, basic self-care of sleep, exercise, and nutrition, meditation practice can support the cultivation of mindfulness and equanimity, which can buffer the impact of stress. Um, so say we're, we're done with high school and we're going into college or we're entering our late teens, early 20s, and our learning curves are usually pretty steep. Uh, the steeper the learning curve, usually the the the, the higher intensity of stress. Um, given our youth, we're able to tolerate stress more easily, but the, um, there's still damage taking place. I mean, so stress to our um, usually cardiovascular system, but also uh, muscles and joints, you know, given, you know, given chronic tension can have an impact. Um, Got, you know, stress usually attacks the the weakest uh, system and our most vulnerable system in our body. So everybody's, you know, can be vulnerable either cardiovascularly, uh, skeletally, mu you know, muscular skeletal or ga or gastrointestinally. So, you know, stress is going to attack these areas. But when we're young, we can we can more easily overlook it. But as we get older, the stress is cumulative and. Uh, you know, it can, uh, it'll eventually catch up with us unless we're, mi unless we're mindful about it. Now, the reality is we're all going to die sometime, but, the, but are we going to uh, have a good quality of life and health while we are alive? Are we going to have a good health span as well as a good lifespan? So I wanted to cover more in depth the topic of equanimity and... And so just a quick overview, mindfulness is the overarching uh, topic, subject uh, that, that incorporates the four hard practices, equanimity, appreciative joy, compassion, and loving kindness. This was being the Buddhist 
uh, tradition and psychology and Buddhism have uh, coale- have integrated here to um, bring up the, this mind, these mindfulness practices uh, to benefit uh, mental and psycholo- mental and physical health or well-being. And so mindfulness emphasizes the ability to remain curiously aware of what is happening in the field of experience, while equanimity allows awareness to be even and unbiased by facilitating an attitude of non-attachment and non-resistance. So an understanding of mindfulness and equanimity as separate skills that may develop a different at different rates might therefore be helpful to people that are interested in this. Uh, The cultivation of mindfulness can be seen as the foundation on which equanimity will be developed. Uh, Finally, I wanted to uh, read you uh, the meditation script on, on equanimity as presented in the Refuge Recovery Uh, program. And it goes as follows. All beings are responsible for their own actions. Suffering and happiness is created through one's relationship to experience, not by experience itself. The freedom and happiness of others is dependent upon their actions, not on my wishes for them. So this has been helpful to me personally in terms of understand uh, in terms of really studying cause and effect uh, also perspective uh, uh, for you know in terms of stress management one can be looking at a particular situation and be very be very stressed or agitated from that perspective uh, a very common thing that we do is we're going to express our concern to others and others are going to have different perspectives and in the event that we can change our perspective or that we can entertain alternative perspectives, this may have an, uh, an impact on, on how, we're, how we're feeling about things. I'm sure that uh, the, another term for this is reframing. You know, you can turn a, a problem into an opportunity depending on how you're looking at a situation. Uh, the freedom and happiness of others is dependent upon their actions, not on my wishes for them. And this is, this is a really important concept for me that I have contemplated for several years now doing this meditation practice and realizing that having goodwill towards others is important for my own well-being, but understanding that you know, it, it has its limitations. I mean, it, you know, at best, I may be able to influence and empower people, but ultimately it's up to the other, uh, the actions of the other people that make the ultimate difference. You know, in my counseling and ropes course work, uh, we assess, we encourage people to, uh, to make a decision as to whether they're going to participate or not. And if they're willing to participate, I'm going to support them. If they're unwilling to participate, I'm going to, I'm going to respect that choice 
and move on to uh, move on to the next participant that is willing to participate. So I hope that's helpful, folks. Uh, once again, this is uh, Roger Campos, and I do this uh, podcast with my son Silas, and we're going to put this on uh, on the web uh, very soon, and I'll incorporate these notes into the podcast as well. Thank you very much.